When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot with you on this. Your Bills fan. Disappointing uh, Monday night. The Bills go down 34-31 against the Tennessee Titans. Comes down to the final play. Late in the fourth quarter, the Bills can't get it done. Uh, on fourth and short, Josh Allen with a sneak attempt uh, that you know fails. And we're going to get into everything that kind of happened in this game tonight. Uh, but whether you're celebrating or at home or away, and I know not a great time to talk about celebrating, but Tops, always remember, Tops has all your fan favorites, ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. Ryan Talbot, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing all right. But like you said, not a not a good time to celebrate. A lot of kind of, a lot of things to dig into, even going all the way back to that inactive list and uh, maybe second guessing some of the decisions that the Bills made. Yeah, so let's start start with that because you know AJ Epinesa wasn't active. Um, Sean Mc, I asked Sean McDermott in the in the post game press conference about it, and he said it was uh, wanted to look at a couple different match matchups. He mentioned specifically Effie Obata uh, as somebody that they want to get a look at. Harrison Phillips, obviously, in the game uh, today, trying to add some bulk on the interior. I thought Harrison Phillips had a couple moments in this game where he played pretty well, but Effie Obata is a guy that kind of popped on that one of those Derrick Henry touchdown drives where you kind of question a little bit, maybe maybe he shouldn't be have been out there. I think I saw somebody tweet that uh, A.J. Epinesa was the top-graded, and I know it's pro football focus, but top-graded run defender for the Bills. They needed something extra against Derrick Henry tonight because he had his best game against the Bills in now four career matchups, over 100 yards, and three touchdowns. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, the Bills had absolutely no answer for Derrick Henry tonight. Uh, early on, they, they had some nice stops, and then he ripped off that 70-plus yard run. Uh, I know some fans are saying it looked like Jordan Poyer was kind of held on that play, uh, but he, he ripped that off. He had a few other nice runs, like like you said. Uh, great night at the office for Derrick Henry, three scores. At the end of the day, this game came down to a few things. One, the Titans were able to punch the ball in the end zone more than the Bills. The Bills had to settle for field goals, especially early in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their first two drives ended in field goals. The Bills had costly penalties. They had two touchdowns taken off the board in the game due to holding penalties, one by Emmanuel Sanders on a Dawson Knox touchdown run, and then obviously the one very late in the game on Isaiah McKenzie's kick return. Then finally, the offensive line, the defensive line, I thought that both units were disappointing tonight. I think that those are areas you need to address. Uh, When the Bills seem to match up against great interior talent on the defensive side of the ball, Buffalo's interior kind of 
crumbles. They fold. They, they don't have answers for guys like Jeffrey Simmons. And then on the other side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill comes into this game being sacked 20 times more than any player in the NFL. The Bills get zero sacks and two quarterback hits in the game. That's a rough outing. There's no way to really make that look better. It does make you question that decision to maybe make A.J. Epineza inactive in this game. We went into this game, Ryan, and we were talking about one of the areas where the Bills can win the matchups. And, you know, that that line of scrimmage, the Bills defensive line against an offensive line that struggled. And even after Taylor Luan went out of the game, I felt like the pressure at times was there, but a, a continuation of an inability to finish. I mean, this is a this is kind of a the same old song and dance that we do about this team. I mean, Jerry Hughes was explosive at the start of the game. I thought that he was getting into the backfield. I thought he was making an impact. Uh, I, I don't know if it was him on the rush. Somebody was on the rush. I think I tweeted. I have to go back and look at it. But on the Ryan Tannehill interception, the quarterback was affected on that play. But we just saw a tell of two defensive lines. You look at what the Tennessee Titans defensive line was able to do up against Josh Allen, getting to the quarterback, finishing at the quarterback, Jeffrey Simmons with a sack, Harold Landry blitzing linebacker. Where was Matt Milano in this game? I mean, that's one of the areas that he was so good at early on in the season was blitzing. And I thought that tonight he just wasn't used in that way. And I felt like this defensive line, they needed some help, some pressure uh, to get. And I know like, it's easy to sit here and second guess all the different decisions. And Josh Allen said it in the post game press conference. There's always going to be these coulda, shoulda, wouldas uh, after a game like this. But there were things that I thought that the Bills needed to get done to help them impact the game a little bit more defensively, force turnovers, and it just it just didn't happen in this game. No, Jordan Poyer came up with a big interception early in the, in the matchup, but. Besides that, it, it's really hard to, to think of a play where the Bills even had an opportunity to make an interception or, or cause a turnover. Uh, it, it just felt like, and I know when you look at Ryan Tannehill's final stat line, it's a pretty pedestrian stat line, but he was hitting every third down play. It felt like late in that game, they're getting the third and manageable situations, and A.J. Brown, uh, who didn't do much in the first half, just exploded in the second half. They went to... Uh, Westbrook in, in, for three targets late in that game when Julio Jones exited again with a hamstring injury. The Bills had no answers on defense, on offense. Uh, like I like I was saying, they're in the red zone. They, they kind of fell apart again. The, this has been an issue for this team this year. They were great in the red zone last year. This year they've had their struggles. They were two for five there. You can pinpoint both sides of the ball, and I, and I do agree with Josh Allen. You know, you can sit here and you can – nitpick these things and you can find reasons to to come up with why this team lost and, and at the end there's, there's a lot of reasons getting stopped short of the end zone late in the game you know that's the offensive line failing to block that's josh allen kind of slipping a little bit or not being able to get any push there but i understand the decision i like the decision i i get the decision uh, you, you want to punch it in there because you have not been able to stop Derrick Henry and company for the most part. And if it goes to overtime and they get the ball first, you're probably thinking, well, you know, we have to, we'd have to make some kind of great play where we have the ball here deep in their territory. And, and we have Josh Allen, who's proven time and time again, he can get that extra yard. It just didn't work out this time. So definitely a, a tough pill to swallow. Uh, another really heartbreaking loss for the Bills uh, right before their bye week last year against Arizona this year. Uh, against the Titans, but you, you kind of have to tip your cap to Tennessee as well. They came in shorthanded in the secondary. They suffered multiple injuries there. They lost Taylor Lewan. They lost Julio Jones late in that game, and yet they were able to overcome it all. They seem to have 
Buffalo's number in certain areas and be able to play this team tightened. Uh, if you're a, a Bills fan, this is probably not a team that you want to run into come playoff time. So that's what I want to get into a little bit. Um, you know, I, I saw, you know, I try to pay attention to a little bit of the social chatter after the game. And I think that going into this game is six ish point favorite on the road tells you that the Bills are supposed to come in here and win this game. But this is, in my opinion, a much better Titans team than we've probably seen them play early on the season. They've been banged up. A couple of their key guys have been kind of in and out of the lineup in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And I think what you saw tonight against a good defense in the Bills is what the, the, the goal was by going out and trading for a Julio Jones. They are a physical matchup problem for even really good secondaries like the Bills have. We we knew this going in. We knew Levi Wallace had a chance to be picked on when you go up against teams that have two bona fide number one weapons like this. Levi Wallace at times is going to be on an island. It's about making those other plays. They weren't good enough against Derrick Henry. And I think that Derrick Henry probably heard enough about you know, maybe that yards per rush average being down against the Bills. He wanted to come in here and emphatically make a statement. Who knows how the game goes? It's a any little game, any little play in a game can shift how it goes. Maybe Derek Jordan Poyer looked like he was held on that big Derrick Henry run. Maybe that gets called back. Maybe they don't score. Maybe they have to punt. And then the Bills offense gets it going, does convert in the red zone. They're up two scores early. It's a completely different game. But I will say right now, in my opinion, as we stand here right now, this is the Tennessee Titans team that I was expecting going into the season. The defense isn't that good. But let's be honest. The Bills score one more touchdown, and you know they're they're close to 40 points. They finished with 417 total yards. They had 28 first downs in the game. We're seven to 13 on third down. This wasn't an offense problem kind of game. They, did they need to score more points when they were gotten the red area? Of course, that's always going to be an area that you want to improve on. But I think it came down to in the second half, they needed to make some plays on defense. They weren't able to do it. And I asked Sean McDermott about, it and I said, was it just a situation where this Tennessee Titans team wears down your defense? Tremaine Edmonds said this as well. No, it's about Fun, staying fundamentally sound throughout the game, shedding blocks, making plays. They didn't make enough plays. They let the the, the Titans kind of get off. I mean, A.J. Brown didn't do a lot in the first half. Most of his production came in the second half. You got to be better against that. And these are just two teams. You go back these last four years and the last four matchups. Last year was an outlier because of the, all the COVID stuff. They play each other historically Play for play, it usually comes down to the final uh, couple plays in the fourth quarter. It did again. This is about what I expected. It's why I I predicted a closer game than I probably would have in the last couple because I think this Titans team is a little bit better than they've shown to this point, and I think they showed it tonight. Yeah, that's fair. Listen, they've been hit with the injury bug really hard this year. Um, I, I know a lot of Bills fans were, were pointing out the fact that the Jets defeated the Titans. Remember, the Titans didn't have either of their top two receivers in this game, in that game. They had both tonight, although Julio exited early. They just seemed to dial up the right call late in the game in those third down situations to keep drives going. They could do no wrong. It, the, the Bills couldn't get the pass rush. They couldn't really stop the run well enough. Unless a penalty was called, the Bills kind of couldn't get off the field. You know, it, it took a holding penalty to kind of uh, stop one of the drives for the Titans that, that I believe still ended up in a field goal, mind you, but to keep them from getting to the end zone. Buffalo's going to have to sit, go back to the drawing board, sit down and look at what the Titans did really well in this game. And, and mind you, you're not going to go against a lot of teams that have two receivers like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones that also have a running back like Derrick Henry. It just doesn't happen a lot, but you are going to come up with some 
teams that have better defenses and the bills aren't always going to be able to necessarily put up 31 points. Both sides of the ball have some work to do. The bills on the offensive side, the red zone, Josh Allen, I thought overall had a really good game. You know, he'd like to have that sack back late in the game. He'd like to have some of the plays after, uh, well, the, the play that he was sacked, I thought he had Tommy Sweeney wide open on that play on the third down and 17 play. I thought he had Emmanuel Sanders open in the middle of the field. And he threw it, uh, down the sidelines to, to Jake Kumaro. So little things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, he was terrific. He almost had 400 yards total offense. I uh, had the two-point conversion score. I did see someone in the chat asking about Dawson Knox who threw that ball. He had some kind of hand injury that he went out to the locker room for, so definitely something to monitor here during the bye week as we, as we have plenty of time now to kind of uh, wait and see what happened there. We're going to get into the offensive line a little bit. I thought that this was a a disappointing game for them, knowing coming in that, you know, the two guys you really had to show up against were Bud Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons. And I think that they, they got out, outmatched by, by that defensive front. I thought that they really struggled to pick up Landry as a blitzer. I, I tweeted it out. Like, remember back in the day when you play Madden and like when they first introduced the hit stick for Madden, You'd play defense, and every time you'd go to tackle somebody, you would flick that hit stick because it just was too much fun. I mean, you get to just light people up, and even if you missed the tackle, you did it. That's how uh, Harold Landry plays football. It's hit stick on blast all game long. The Titans matched the physicality of the Bills today. Asked about Spencer Brown specifically. I thought I I thought Spencer Brown was not great tonight, Ryan. I thought that, you know, on the one touchdown pass to Cole Beasley – Josh Allen felt the pressure right off the jump, and it's something that he's been doing regularly this season. I mean, go back to the Washington football team game when he felt the pressure coming up, got to the outside, made the play, did a similar thing. He found Cole Beasley, who kind of got past the zone wide open for the touchdown. That's on Spencer Brown. I think that the rookie, this was one of those games where, you know, there's going to be a lot to learn on film for Spencer Brown come Monday morning. You're going to have games like that with a rookie, especially one that, uh, you drafted based on the athletic traits and he's had his moments in his first few starts, but this was a rough day at the office for him. Uh, Mitch Morris was even beaten on a sack in this game. So you can go across the line. I thought the left side of the line was pretty bad. Dawkins was beaten a few times. Uh, John Feliciano had his issues in the game. So it wasn't just one player, but in terms of Spencer Brown, small sample size, uh, through his early in his career, this was definitely, in my opinion, from what I saw live, his worst performance. I thought that he had more down than up last week as well. But again, that that's going to be part of this learning experience as you're you're putting this line out. You're trying to get him more experience. You hope that he can grow from that. Definitely a rough day for him. Uh, it, it just kind of showed though with Josh Allen uh, taking some hits early in the game. I think he took eight quarterback hits, three sacks in the game. Uh, so he was under a lot of pressure. They tried to get him to roll to the left in the first half, which he, he struggles with a little bit. You know, they had a good game plan in place despite being shorthanded in that secondary. When Josh Allen was able to beat that game plan, that's when he hit a lot of deep passes, big passes down the field, true pass interference penalties. The, the Bills just kind of failed to punch it in those other situations. But, you know, you, you can't necessarily blame the offense when they put up 31 points. Like I said in the article uh, that I published recently on, on NWAP.com, if you score 31 points, you're going to win more times than not, especially with this defense that has been looking uh, great up until tonight. But, you know, tonight it was just one of those cases where 31 points wasn't enough because the defense had no answers for that offense. Yeah. 
a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. So I want to get into the call to go for it at the goal line. I mean, that was definitely something that was being talked about as the Bills were driving the fourth quarter, like the idea of, you know, going for it versus kicking the field goal and taking your chances in overtime. And I think, you know, first of all, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Lamar Jackson in that Baltimore game when there was an exchange between Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, and we both applauded John Harbaugh for the confidence and not only Lamar Jackson, but their offense to make a play and go for it on fourth down. I think that it would be hypocritical not to say the same thing about Sean McDermott in that moment. You do have the confidence in him. You show the confidence and you go for it, especially having the weapon. The one thing I will agree with, I saw some chatter on this. I, the Bills were driving on them, and they they they, they called two of their timeouts there. That I think might have kind of messed up the momentum a little bit. The, the 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 plays that led up to that fourth down, they they ran the the Zach Moss play. Then it was an incompletion to Emmanuel Sanders, and then it was a scramble to the left uh, that was originally called the first down, and then and then and then changed. In a nutshell, that's what the game comes down to, execution in the red zone. And when they do it at a high level, I mean, go back a couple games when Zach Moss was running over people in the red zone. I mean, you know, he gets one crack at it, and you know, once they get to the red area. And I think that maybe you give Zach Moss a couple chances uh, to maybe break off a run and finish a run. And I felt like today overall, like, I don't have a huge problem with anything that they did offensively. I thought it was a pretty good offensive game for all involved you, you saw Stefan Diggs get going today had a lot of targets a lot of yards had the touchdown Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders all over 88 yards in this game uh two touchdowns in the mix so we saw the first game where all three of them can kind of eat in a game and, and see what that looks like but this was a game I thought they would be the run the ball better I, w- I would have liked to see a little bit more Zach Moss in this game overall yeah, and that's fair. And even Devin Singletary early in that game was breaking tackles, ripping off good runs. He had his 14-yard run early, early in that game where he broke a tackle or two. You know, the, the Bills are trying to catch them off guard with that Zach Moss run late. And it's, it was a smart call because Allen had been shredding them apart, so why not give those backs a chance to make a big play? It ultimately didn't work. The Bills had timeouts in their pockets. Uh, you know, you can't be too one-dimensional that late in the game, despite the success that Allen was having. You have to try to catch him off guard a little bit, like I said. Uh, you know, the, the one play that I think we'll keep going back to and the one thing that Sean McDermott looked pretty fired up about post-game was why didn't the refs review that Josh Allen scramble to make sure that he didn't get the first down? Uh, I think they were kind of upset about – he was upset about that. And then, then you know, the aggressiveness – I'm not going to question an aggressive play called the Bills going for the win there that deep in the territory when the defense is struggling, when you have Josh Allen. It just didn't work this time. Uh, yes, Tyler Bass, that would have been an automatic kick for him, but you don't know what would have happened in, in overtime. You don't know who would have won the coin toss. A lot of what-ifs there. I've seen some questions about uh, Tyler Bass and, and the kickoffs tonight. I'm assuming that was part of the game plan to kind of lock them up, maybe draw some penalties, try to create a turnover there. Because he obviously has the leg strength to kick it out of the end zone whenever he so wishes. But just a lot of little things that added up by the end of the night that ended up costing the Bills this win. I've seen in the comments here, though, they have a a pretty favorable schedule post-bye coming up. They should be able to get back on track. It's important for them to get back on track. And and let's not forget this division outside of Buffalo is also struggling quite a bit. 
Uh, so Dawson Knox leaves this game with a hand injury. So we'll see. Obviously, the the buy is a is a good situation uh, to have that injury happen. Probably be able to rehab that for the Bills' sake. Hopefully, get back uh, for uh, after the buy. Uh, but Tommy Sweeney flashing a little bit tonight, getting the the big touchdown catch. I you know we're this is a this is a pro Tommy Sweeney podcast. It has been for years as we've covered him. Uh, kind of always waiting for him to get a chance. And I think their confidence level in Tommy Sweeney is why. They, they moved around from Jacob Hollister and they went into the season with two, uh, two tight ends. And obviously Reggie Gilliam is almost like that flex tight end. They can kind of throw in there, uh, when they need to, but it's just so interesting. I mean, the, the way that they played this game tonight offensively, you know, Dawson Knox was used as a fullback you know, most of the night. I mean, he was lined up in the backfield. You know, they've, they've really been talking of him up a ton in terms of his ability to pass protect. And they, they leaned on that quite a bit tonight and they needed him at times. We, we, we talked about it before. I mean, up the gut. I mean, there was one play in particular where Mitch Morris lost track of his, uh, of his guy and John Feliciano ended up with two guys came in and Josh Allen was blitz on the play or was hit on the play. Uh, and then a later play where, you know, the interception that, you know, all these little things add up. The interception deep in, in their own zone. The Titans come back. They, they easily walk in for a touchdown as a response. Like those little plays, it, we've learned now in this kind of game against this kind of team, any one of those can be the difference in the game. I mean, converting in the red zone, of course, that's always going to be a key thing. But you can't turn it over in your own zone, too. And, you know, you got to take advantage of of every opportunity. And they just – this was one of those games that for as much as you, if you're a Bills, first of all, if you're a Bills fan that came down here, we talked about this so much over the last couple of days, what a scene it's been in Nashville, right? And so you just think about all the thousands of Bills fans that are here in Nashville that came down, you know, had a great time and it ends in this disappointing fashion like this. It's disappointing for sure for them. You take that into the bye week, but you also have to put it into its proper context. This is one game in a 17-game schedule. The Bills are still sitting really well in the division, and I think even still, it's two AFC losses. But I think that you know the teams at the top, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, now the Titans have kind of entered the chat, if you will. They're going to be beaten up on each other all season long. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's going to be some head-to-head matchups there still. There's going to be... Uh, some opportunities for one or two of those teams to kind of pull away from the rest. So it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. You know, one thing that I'm going to keep an eye on here over the next few weeks is is the trade deadline. Obviously, that's in early November. The Bills now have some time to kind of figure out, do they have any areas that they need to address? Offensive line, defensive line. Uh, do they check the waiver wire? The You know, the, the Titans are obviously tearing it down, or the Texans, I should say, excuse me, are tearing it down to get into a rebuild. They are going to release Andre Roberts. But another name that they're going to supposedly release is Whitney Merciless. And Merciless, for most of his career, was in a 3-4, but he started as a 4-3 guy post-draft, and he was in a 4-3 this year. He has three sacks. Uh, if you're not happy with this defensive end position and you're looking for an impact guy, you know he, he's obviously not that upper echelon elite pass rusher that's going to get you a sack week in, week out. But he, he's flashed a little bit on a bad team, so – Maybe that's a name to consider if he does end up getting released. And obviously a lot of teams put out that news ahead of time to try to get a trade in place, which we've already seen too with Stefan Gilmore, for instance, in New England. But I think the Bills should kind of uh, be scouring these teams that are that are maybe looking ahead already to 2022 and see is there any pieces on those teams that we can trade for that we can bring in because the Bills have to look at this as a legitimate Super Bowl window year. And they have to address the needs that are kind of holding them back right now. And I think you can make a case 
for the, the pass rush and a little bit of the offensive line kind of holding them back right now from maybe being the, the best team that they can be this year. One thing that I thought was, you know, could have been something the Bills tried out. You know, you see Levi Wallace struggling in the third quarter, you know, against A.J. Brown. And we've talked so much about like Saran Neal, especially last week, even playing it so well in that game against Travis Kelsey. You wonder if you want if you don't just sprinkle him in. And you're right. Like maybe they do need to address it. Maybe they, maybe it's somebody off outside the roster. But, you know, when you're in a game like this and you're looking, you know, you're Sean McDermott, you're talking about finding matchups on your defensive line. It can't just stop there. And I know that they have a belief in Levi Wallace. I'm I'm higher than on Levi Wallace than I say a majority of the fan base is. But I think that it's a matchup specific thing. I think that idea that you need a more physical cornerback and, and I'm not even saying that Levi Wallace isn't physical because I think he does he does tackle well. He is a physical player. But I think you needed somebody to get into A.J. Brown a little bit more at the line of scrimmage. And who knows? Maybe that's a Cam Lewis that you can call up. Maybe that's a Saran Neal that you have on your bench. And, you know, I know you don't want to – you want him to be able to focus on special teams. I think that might be part of it, uh, why you don't throw him out there. But, you know, in a game like this, when you're wearing down – I know that they said they weren't wearing down, but I think that in a lot of ways there's – there's no way that you can't wear down facing Derrick Henry over and over again. I mean, smashing, smash mouth football, that play on Micah Hyde when he took him on one on one in the open field and Derrick, Derrick Henry just lowered the boom. I mean, I would have tried something different and they didn't. And, you know, that's going to be something that I think that this coaching staff has proven an ability to do learning situations like this and then adjust and adapt from them. I don't think that you'd see the same success in the way that this offense for Tennessee moved the ball and scored the next time around, I think there'll be a little bit more tough in the red zone defensively. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I I just saw in the comments here, the Tennessee drives were long. It's true that they plotted along in a lot of those drives, making the conversions on third down, being uh, willing to take the first or second down run with Derek Henry to set up those plays. And, And, you know, it's easy to, uh, discredit the Bills in terms of not making enough plays tonight, but this was that was the same kind of game plan that they had last week against Kansas City, and they they made a few turnovers in that game. So on a game by game basis, you just don't know the way the ball is going to bounce. You don't know what's going to happen. There was one really bad pass by Ryan Tannehill tonight, and Jordan Poyer came up with it. It's just after that, Ryan Tannehill kind of protected the ball better. If there was nothing there, he threw it away or threw it in an area where there's no one there. He didn't uh, give the Bills those opportunities that maybe Patrick Mahomes and company did last week. They didn't make those same kind of mistakes. So they played a little bit cleaner of a game. There, there were a lot of penalties on both sides of the ball, uh, but the, the Titans just did a little bit better of a job overcoming them. So you're right. The Bills have, have had a tendency, a history of, of going back to the drawing board, seeing who they have on their own roster that can maybe play certain roles, do certain things for this team. And, and if these two teams do match up again, you know, it would be a very worrisome matchup, in, in my opinion, again, for Buffalo. I, I'm sure they would do quite a few things differently on both sides of the ball. A.J. Brown said after the game that he had food poisoning yesterday, which was circulating before the game. Uh, he lost almost eight pounds, uh, was throwing up. He had to get IVs during the game today. Uh, said he ate some bad Chipotle, which is heartbreaking to me because that's one of my go-to spots even after all of the mess that Chipotle had years ago with all the uh the E. coli and all that kind of stuff that was happening with their food but maybe that's a wake-up call that I need to switch it over you know they had in Vegas they had the uh this this place called Cafe Rio 
great little Mexican joint on the West Coast. They need to get it on the East Coast. Like we finally got Jersey Mike's, which was a West Coast thing. I think we need to get some some Cafe Rio, and then everybody will stop getting food poisoning from freaking Chipotle. I've defended Chipotle. For years, Ryan, I've defended Chipotle. A.J. Brown goes down tonight. A.J. Brown, a physical specimen, loses eight pounds in a day. You know, I think Matt Bovey, if he's out there listening and watching right now, he's probably crying because nobody crushes a a Chipotle bowl like Matt Bovey from Channel 7 WKBW in in Buffalo. (laughs) I I like the little Chipotle uh, rant. That was good. You know, listen, he, he obviously was affected by the food poisoning like we mentioned in the first half of that game, he was kind of a non-factor. Uh, by the second half, he looked more like himself. He was getting open in the middle of the field relatively easily, making play after play after play. Um, the offense almost opened up a little bit when Julio Jones left, as, as odd as that sounds, um, because it, maybe it just made Ryan Tannehill's decision-making process easier in terms of, you know, Braun's my first read every play now. And if he's open across the middle, I'm going to hit him every time. And more times than not, he was. I'm not really sure uh, the difference between the first half and the second half. Maybe the Bills were overcommitting to the run because of Henry's success. There's a lot of little intricate details that I'm sure played a factor in that. But uh, food poisoning or not, Brown had a great game for the Titans when it mattered most. If you're hosting a large party for you know this week or maybe the next week uh, when the bills get back at it, I know you're going to want to wash the taste out of your mouth from this one. Check out Topps' huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasyfoodball. Wednesday, we're off this upcoming week. It's an off week because of the bye. But on Wednesday, we're going to have Jeremiah Searles on the show. We're going to break down the first six games of the Buffalo Bills defense or season, go in-depth on maybe some of these offensive line issues. You're going to want to tune in uh, to that game. I'm sure he'll have some takes on what he's seen from Josh Allen in this offense. We'll talk about what happened to this defense today and just the difficulty of facing a run game as crazy good as the Tennessee Titans uh, was tonight. We'll talk about all that with Jeremiah, one of our favorite guests, on the show. Ryan for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you on Wednesday. Talk to you soon. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.